0: What's cracking, everybody? It's your boy back here with episode sixty-seven of the Opinion Overload podcast, and today we're going to be finishing up the series on the Crusades. Now, I'm not going to go over any uh, like tertiary stuff like I've been doing. It's gotten way too long, and honestly, it it only adds a little bit to the the overall narrative of the the show. So, I'm just going to go over the last major battles of the Crusade, and I left off at the Battle of Nicaea, which after this, there's a trend of Garrisons and fortresses and cities not really putting up a lot of resistance Basically, they knew the Crusaders were strong and they didn't they didn't want to catch those hands So, after you pass through up to the Taurus mountain range, the Crusaders decided to take a split They decided that the bulk of the force would go up to around the, the mountain range which was a considerable distance and they would do hearts and minds campaigns you know doing collabs with all the local Armenians that were Christian which turned out to be a huge deal um, and two of the princes Tancred, Bohemond's nephew or cousin whatever and Baldwin of Boulogne they decided that they were gonna do what's called the Cilician expedition in which they took the direct route it didn't go around the mountain range. It went through, and there was a city there called. I refer to my notes real quick. I'm going off the dome right now. There was a city there called Tarsus. Now, didn't really put up much resistance. They tried. Um, they did a little bit of light cavalry attacks. They feigned retreat. They got wrecked, as expected but this is where we start to see some issues because Tancred becomes the prince. He essentially captured it single-handedly. Ballone came a couple days after, like right at the end of the battle and said that he should have rights to the claim because it was a shared expedition, but because there was preeminence of Tancred being there, he uh, he basically just took it and he was like, this, what's up, B? You, trying to, you trying to fight me right now? And they fought. Uh, that didn't go well for Boulogne, He s- picked up his crew and they left. They headed out east and established what is called the First Crusader State. Not particularly important now, but it will be important later in history in the other Crusades. Um, what he has to do is do a lot of gay shit, and the fact that there was a dude named Thoros who ruled over, um, damn it, he rolled over the city that Baldwin went to. Uh, I forget, I think it was close to Syria today. Doros didn't have a son, and Baldwin basically saved them from the Fatimid uh, Caliphate, so he adopted him. He adopted, like, a 36-year-old man, and... Apparently, adoption paperwork was really, really simple back then, because all you did was take your clothes off and put, put on a... Oh, damn it, that construction's outside. And put um, some underwear on, and then you'd go into the middle of the street where everyone can see, and you'd have the king of that city hold you to his chest like your child, And they would put one huge Scratchy canvas shirt over you That's been passed down for 27 generations Because apparently Adoption happens a lot in society I don't know, I'm just I'm really freestyling right now, you know Thoros just, he had He came up with it, honestly He was like, hmm, this Baldwin guy I'm interested And he just decided that was how he was going to fill out The adoption paperwork, you know You gotta get a, a nice white kid to run your To run your empire, and Unfortunately, Baldwin probably betrayed him because he was assassinated recently, or quickly after that, and the Crusader state kind of disappears. No one really checks in on him. Uh, He stops Crusading. He does establish a reasonably strong presence, but that's kind of it. So, back to the main force. Tancred has... Established the garrison at Tarsus, and he goes back to join the main body of the Crusaders. They've made their way around the Tarsus Mountains. Uh, They lost a lot of resources. A lot of knights ended up becoming foot soldiers. Uh, They weren't about that life, so they dropped their shields. They dropped their armor, carried their swords. A lot of horses died. Uh, After the Siege of Nicaea, scorched-earth warfare was a key. or Just a huge part of the the, um, Seljuk Turk strategy. And the Crusaders had a hard time finding anything. They thought that Emperor Alexius was going to show up with supplies and, you know, an army and all that. He's a little late to the game, and you'll see that plot twist later. Um, They finish. They get all the way around. They've been supplied here and there by the Armenians. Every Armenian Christian... Uh, basically turns on their Muslim garrison or their Muslim leaders before the Crusaders get there because they know they're coming. The path is just paved for them. Now, once they get all joined up together, they have to head down to Antioch. Now, we're going to skip the journey there. All you need to know is they end up there in October of 1097. And it takes about a year and a half to get to Antioch, just to fight the battle. So, the key issue with this battle is that there were six gates, and that Antioch was backed up onto a mountain. On top of that, it had been around since 500 BC-ish, under Constantine. Incredibly well-fortified city. No one's getting in, no one's getting out, unless they want them to. A lot of the Crusaders just fled here, because they said, No one's getting here. No, Look at that wall. It's 20 meters high, which was really high for walls back in the day. If you, you try to build a 20-meter wall out of stone, think about the slave labor you need for that, dude. That's insane. I mean, it can only be done with the Muslim slave labor system, because that was a huge deal back in the day. Um, the Crusaders decided that they are going to seal four of six gates. The problem with that is that if you don't seal six out of six gates, supplies and information can still get through. Shocking, right? It's almost like siege wars and wars of attrition have to close off the entry and exit of supplies and troops because you could get reinforced at any time if two of six gates are still open. Excuse me now. A lot of what the Crusaders did was kind of wait. Initially, the Muslims didn't do anything. There was a lot of feasting going on in the Christian camp beforehand, all kinds of—it was almost like they forgot they were crusading. And interestingly enough, they only stopped because the leader of—or the military leader garrison at Antioch decided to do a a little bit of attack on their camp— which led to the brutality and the attrition of siege war, where the Christians were being as brutal as physically possible with uh, cutting heads off, putting them on siege engines and throwing them over walls. They would, uh, the Muslims would pour oil out of the parapets onto crusaders who were trying to climb up on ladders. This was hot oil, so essentially, first person would fall, die, and it would knock everyone else off, and they would fall and die, and then they knock the ladder over. So they have to do it again, and they get more oil and continue to do the process. But the thing about Antioch was that there was a lot of archers, and those archers were just shooting down arrows all day. There's a couple twists and turns here. The most important one is that Stephen of Blau, Blau I don't know how to say his name, he's kind of an irrelevant minor character, He deserted, and he was a leader, and uh, this is the part where Emperor Alexius was going to show up. But your boy Steven said, oh, it's hopeless, they're going to lose. And Emperor Alexius decided, you know what? I'm going to go home. Top ten anime betrayals right there. You have no idea. They were expecting reinforcement from a major army. Didn't get it so your boy Stephen almost ruined the crusade. After this, the crusaders are hurting. Everyone's hurting. There's almost no knights left. There's very little siege equipment. I mean, the only reason the siege was resupplied was because a Saxon crusade navy showed up stripped all the wood from their boats essentially meaning there's no way to get home and building new siege engines which they did and they used the the skilled woodworkers as foot soldiers some of them you know that you have to help help out any way you can and eventually they break into the city they sack it this takes about 8 months but they decide to wait another 7 months because it's hot. They want it to cool down a little bit. They want. They don't. Oh excuse me. Um, they don't want winter. To be able to kill them. Because it gets cold. In the desert as well. People realize this. So they try to wait until spring. Now. It did work. The problem is. Uh, there was a huge plague because there was dead bodies everywhere. And I don't know, you've been using blood and and everything you can find as a bio- biological weapon. People were just packing dead animals into the siege engines, throwing them over walls. Think about that. People tried to poison water. It was horrible. And the fact that there's lingering supplies, just because you have the city doesn't mean you're going to be able to use all the supplies. Or that they even stayed in a seven-month siege... With very little supplies coming in, they're probably running low by the time you even get in there. Now, one important character dies who is holding everything together. Adamar of Lepuy. He dies of a plague. Now, morale is low, as it has been for a while, but I'm going to back this up a little bit. This is a super conspiracy. It goes real deep. It hits the Merovingian bloodlines, the Illuminati, everything. There's not a conspiracy not connected to this one happening at the Battle of Antioch in 1097. There was a dude, and he claimed he had a vision. He said there was a lance, the holy lance that punctured the side of Christ in Antioch. So, what do they do? They start digging, right? Let's just start digging around. And uh, mysteriously, In a stroke of luck, an absolute miracle. The guy who said he found, or he saw the vision with the lance, found the lance. Didn't find the wood, he found the spearhead. Surprisingly, he was carrying a bag, looked kind of lance-sized. It was a little tapered, like it would hold a spearhead. This is speculation, but I don't really think that lance was holy, or the lance that may have allegedly punctured the sight of Christ. I think it was propaganda, and it absolutely was, but that really turned the tide of the crusade. Now, I skipped ahead a little bit. There was another thing that this dude who supposedly found the holy lance of Christ also did. This was after Adamar had died. Adamar held the crusade together. He basically kept the princes from disagreeing with each other totally and going off in their own ways, which was key because he was essentially the hand of the Pope. Now, this dude, forget his name, wasn't really relevant because he was just a chaplain, said, I think I got a message from Adamar from the grave that if we want to win this battle, what we got to do? Bear with me guys, trust me, it's gonna sound insane. Adamar said it had to be this way. This is the only way we can't win this war through excellent military strategy, as we have proven we're capable of so many times. We can't use Beaumont's wealth of knowledge in the region To maybe get up around the mountain, get a small group in, and just wreak havoc from the inside. Impossible. We can't even throw all our resources at the one gate that was weakest. St. John's Gate, by the way, there's six named gates. I don't spare the details for you. You probably would forget them anyways. We need to go on a a procession for three days around the city of Antioch around the walls right where they've been shooting all their arrows at us and we need to do it barefoot and without our weapons that's how we're going to win every crusade leader thought this was bullshit Every crusade leader thought the Holy Lance was bullshit. You know who didn't think it was bullshit? The people. Cause they're dumb. And they think that Adamar would have said any of this whatsoever. He was a pretty tact leader. I don't think he would have. I think they gave too much power to a chaplain who had no idea what he was doing. It seems pretty accurate. My speculation, being an amateur, untrained, unqualified historian who reads things and tells them to you, I have the reputation equivalent to a PhD. I dug up the holy lance at Antioch. These are my qualifications. This is my resume in case you believe that I can't be trusted with information. That's what happened. And... Honestly, no one knows. I mean, they say, no one knows why. Like, really, why anyone decided it was a good idea. You would think the crusade leaders would say, yeah, we're not doing that because we've already lost X amount of guys. Uh, We can't afford to lose any more. But apparently no one died. It's kind of shocking, honestly. Um, If I was the Muslims in that situation, I would have just slaughtered them. Horses, oil... How to train birds to kill them. Anything. I would have thrown rocks. Even I'll get bricks. Just hit him with a brick. You know, they're gonna die anyways. But that's that's Antioch. Now, after this top ten anime betrayal, this uh, conspiracy lance going on and the procession. There's a seven month layover at the Antioch airport where they're just kind of chilling, dying of the plague, running low on supplies. You know how it is. You know, when you get stopped at the airport with TSA and they, they pull out your sword, they'd hate to step in the side booth so they can check you out. Cause you seem really questionable in national security. And then they, they just sit you there for six months and introduce a plague culture and don't feed you. That's what happened. And this its kind of a trend in the Crusades. Now, strategically, if you didn't capture Antioch, they thought about going around it, they would have gotten just jacked. They would have gotten railed. Everything that you could think of would have happened to them because they was left a supreme garrison unchecked. They would have been encircled and absolutely destroyed like your boy Peter the hermit who surprisingly at the end of the story is still there he just walking around in the middle of the in the middle of the desert this guy's just there no one tells him to go home no one tells him he's a horrendous failure he just really gets on my nerves this guy had killed essentially 40,000 people by being a terrible leader and on top of that killed a ton of Jews Not a good dude. So we'll get to the Battle of Jerusalem here. Um, The trek to Jerusalem was really uneventful. A lot of these passages were uneventful. I got to get some on my computer. The notes are poor for this because I was running low on time, which I've noticed. Uh, If you really want to do a good podcast... That's research-based. you got to read, like, 60 to 100 pages a day. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. Reading is not as fun as it used to be. Which, I'm pretty interested in the pimp book, but let me just get these notes up for Jerusalem. Um, 10.99. There we go. So this was the final crusade. This is the end of it. There's a battle called the Battle of Ascalon. Um, it's not particularly the most important, even though it's the end of the Crusade. It, I'm not going to cover it too in-depth. I'm just going to go over very basic facts about it. But there were about 13,000 people left in the Crusade. 1,000 of those were knights. Another 12,000 were infantry. And there was about 400 elite guards at Jerusalem. The Crusades, the Crusaders lost about 4,000 people. Now, they estimate the the loss of the Muslims to be around 70,000. Most of that is civilian deaths. Uh, There were some mercenaries who showed up, but a lot of these numbers are off. I mean, the, the Crusaders claimed that there were 250,000-something soldiers at Nicaea. And there weren't. There are were like 30,000. These people were terrible at counting. They're like, hey, it's more than 100. It's 100,000. If I can see those people go five ranks back, 20 million people are right there. It doesn't matter. So they get there on June 7th of the following year. And there was some some tension between the Seljuk Turks and the Fatimid Caliphate. They they just recaptured Jerusalem, the Seljuks, and the Fatimids were really waiting to see what the Crusaders would do, and so were the Seljuks because they were trying to figure out, well, who's going to pair up with who? Are we even going to be able to get an ally out of this? And they couldn't. The problem with uh, wars in the Middle East is that nobody can be friends with anybody ever in the history of war in the Middle East. Everyone's tried. Everyone has failed. And the siege was, was brutal. Uh, the Crusaders only had one ladder left. Not joking. They, they had one ladder. Now, of course, that's speculation. The, every source says it was mentioned. Probably had like ten ladders. But for the sake of argument, let's say they had one. So they got one Dude going up at a time. They got 10 dudes on one ladder. You just got to get five dudes in the top of the ladder to push it over. Um, beforehand, all the Christians had been expelled from Jerusalem. This is common everywhere, especially when the Crusaders are coming. You don't want an internal revolt. That would be bad, especially when there's about 5,000 Christians in there. That's pretty strong reinforcements. Now, doesn't mean those 5,000 Crusaders didn't join up with the Crusade. And uh, decide, you know what? I don't want to go back home. Let's let's do that. Um, Peter the Hermit had sermons. Basically, he was getting he was the hype man. He was telling everybody that it's double XP weekend, and for every kill you get, you get twice as many prayers for you. You get a uh, two times as much heaven points. You can redeem at any heaven ranked affiliate. So when you die you get to go to uh, Saint Mart, you get to pick up some, some nice robes, maybe you want a skin pack for your wings, some new textures on that robe, you know, you want to get the silk texture instead of the canvas three generation texture, you know, maybe you want to like really quickly just Get a sweet flaming sword that you can use to smite the enemies of of God and all the demons of Hell. You know how that works, you know. When you uh, when you go back to fight another crusade when you're dead, because that's how this works. melanorism is a huge thing. Um. The damn these notes are too thick. I need to work on my note taking. Basically, what they did is they surrounded the city as best as they could. They took some wood that they got from another siege fleet, and they built siege towers. If you know what a siege tower is, it's a big wooden structure that you use to get above your enemy. Which was effective because they used the strategy, or or, uh, Bohemond used the strategy of when they're sleeping, we take the tower that we built over here, and we move it to the side they weren't expecting. And when they wake up, they're going to be in for a surprise. So essentially, they threw the bulk of their forces at the, uh, at the city. They got in, and they realized that the problem now was getting out. The Fat Men's tried to kill them, didn't succeed, and that was what the Battle of Ascon leads to, where they tried to bait them with a whole bunch of goats and sheep, try and separate the forces that would be easier to kill. They didn't fall for that, and they won the Battle of Ascalon. Now, in short, those are the last major battles of the Crusade. But I'm going to check the time here real quick. I'm at 25 minutes. So this is the point where the Kingdom of Jerusalem is set up. And your boy Raymond of Talaus is going to get real salty here in a minute. Because everyone said, you know, Raymond, you kind of held this along the entire way. You're, you're like the MVP of the team. It wasn't really the MVP of the team. Why don't you be the king of the new Jerusalem? And he, he tried to play it cool. He tried to make that, that propaganda move. He tried to say, no man has the right to rule in the city of God. And the Crusader's like, all right, Bohemond will do it, I guess. And Bohemond's like, all right, I'll be the king of Jerusalem. What's up, B? Raymond was mad. He was real heated because he thought that was going to pay off, but they really didn't care about him. Bohemond proved to be the most effective and best leader of the Crusade. So that happens. Uh, This is essentially where the Knights Templar is founded, which, if you don't know, some real potential conspiracies right there, you know. I'm gonna be going into that way down the line here after I cover this next Crusades. I'm gonna take a break from the Crusades for a while, dude. You, y'all don't know. I would be sleeping, dreaming about the Crusades. You know, I'll just be in bed. I'm off that melatonin. I'm real cranked. They got the, they got the good melatonin down at Vons. I'll be dreaming I'll be dreaming real hard like an alternate reality type dream where you don't even know where you're at but you know you're you and you know you're doing something you can wake up and write it down word for word you know exactly what happened that type of dream and I'm listening to this dude talk about the holy lance like I what are you talking about dude that lances weren't even around at the time you are talking about a spear this dude thinks he's all cool talking about lances I don't know who he thinks he is, but he's clearly illiterate. I tried to hand him this letter that I actually got from God, couldn't read it. In fact, I can't read it either because it's a dream. There's probably not even any text on that. But, you know, I'm I'm going to jump in the Crusades a ways down the line because I don't want to hit you guys back-to-back with this much information. I'd rather you guys hear about the cold tales of Iceberg Slim or, like, The fact that the Chinese Communist Party is invading Australia. Maybe even some North Korean stuff. I got these books on tap on Amazon. I'm going to get through this pimp book. We're going to be set up. Y'all going to be chilling. I got these video podcasts coming up, dude. I'm redesigning that logo. I got that Printful store set. It's hot, dude. you don't know what's up. Y'all don't know what's up. This dude out here working on my elevator, he really you really getting on my nerves because he's been doing that for a month. i got to get out of here, B. I'm going to go live in the kingdom of Jerusalem. That's what's up. Now, honestly, I'm just going to take some time to uh, thank you for listening to this whole series. The, the downloads on this one, I'll, I'll admit they weren't great. The first part, the second part, good, you know, in our average range, but... And third part, uh, it's a little questionable, you know. And I'm probably gonna bring it to a close here soon. But share the podcast with you boys. They gotta get educated too. They gotta get educated. You can't, you can't strip you boys of information. And I get it. This first information-based podcast, right? Do the research. It's a little rough around the edges. I mean, I. I get it. I didn't get all the information put together the right way. I got to work that out. I got to work my notes out. I get why hardcore history takes four months to do. But with this next book, Pimp, I'm going to be breaking it down like a real narrative. That's what I'm going to do. I got to stick to these narratives. I got to tell you what's up, but I got to make it a story. That way you're going to be interested. That way you're going to love it. That way. When you'd share it to your boys, be like, yo, check this out. Pimping ain't easy, B. They're going to listen to it now. I get it. I get it. You know, podcasts are a thing. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of podcasts out there. You can you can probably share some other ones too, but hook your boy up. Get me on those things. Do some iTunes reviews. You know, I only got two iTunes reviews. And one's from a dude who I don't even think is real. His name is Sacktown98. I think it's a parent or something. I don't know. He was like, oh, you guys have a weird message and you swear too much. Whatever, dude. I get that Sam is too much. I swear a lot too. Then don't listen, B. That's it. You just don't got to listen. It's almost like you can choose what you want to listen to. Now, I respect and I love everyone who listens to the opinion of the podcast. We got, we got homies out in Latvia. We got one homie in Ireland who's been there since day one. He's a real G. We got homies I found off Reddit. It's a gang, dude. It's the history gang. It's the cult of opinion. Y'all you know, getting educated can help change the world, you know? In short... Share it with you boys. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate me on iTunes. We're going to be having video podcasts soon. I'll put the link to that in the description when they're up. And everything's going to be... Everything's going to be Gucci soon, B. These Crusades are over. They're finally over. Until I decide to go do the next Crusade series. It's going to be a while. I got the next six books lined up. In fact, I'm going to announce them right now. We got... We got some good stuff coming up, you know? We got that, uh... Hang on, iTunes is, is loading slow today. We got the... We got the book Pimp, Capitalism Through Legal Action. We're gonna do a, bio, a biography on one of Genghis Khan's greatest generals, Subadai. He's gonna be lit. We're gonna do Marikari and Amshin Rikyo, Japanese cults responsible for the sarin gas attacks in the 1990s. And potentially related to a real deep conspiracy with the Japanese military-industrial complex building up to start another war. We also got a communion by Whitley Streber. I'm going to visit the uh, visit the alien thing again, but this time I'm going to do it with the perspective of Whitley Streber's book, which is a classic. Uh, most people know about it, but I haven't read it. I'm also going to be doing that Australian invasion by the Chinese Communist Party and the Ukrainian famines. All stuff I'm interested in, that's the next six months. Uh I just wanna give you guys the heads up. You know, penny overflow's gotta get big. I'm gonna start putting that that work in, you know. Unfortunately, Sam's not around anymore. He's got not gonna be around for a while, so I gotta do that work. When he comes back, he's gonna be rolling in Gucci coats. That's what's up. I'm gonna leave it out for today. I'll see you on Friday. I messed up last week, I said Thursday, I meant Friday. I'll see you then, with something dope about current events. Adios.
1: 5200 different ways, different ways get paid, watch, watch me flex my muscle moving ways, still got other ways, asset tablets and express and ain't the only thing, 4K TVs, iPhones, that's games, game, even wedding rings, water lights and wifi for the cheap, and some bootleg cable, I be riding Ubers for the free, to the app disabled, trackers out the rentals posting pictures, still the whip on Craigslist, fuck around and bring it to your front door, like your over witness, 5200 different ways, I mean man, so hustle man. I move everything, plays for the triple-double. Score. Like I took a ring, my first job was in the kitchen. What? I was washing dishes, robbing niggas, jugging bitches. Trail. I made it out to trenches. Nowadays, I work my work. Uh-huh. You should really thank yeah. me. You said take your work and smirk. Ha. I was hella janky, yeah. my bitch boosting Louis bags. Twice a week, I send her. Gotta cut the price in half, what? because they got the to Switch my mojo, work my move Regardless, I sell everything. Uh-huh. Trap like Walmart. Don't you try to target, keep a super cake. Uh-huh. Got some youngins, they be jugging, robbing Redbacks movie games, right. buying for the 15 and the 30, what I single, man. OG bass, got a set of gas in the tank, tank. filling up your tank. tank. Uh, gas, I'm talking tanks. yo Oil like Chevrolet, uh-huh. yo yeah. Oil, I'm talking drink, yeah. Don't end like the bank, yeah. 5200 different ways. Different ways get paid. Watch, Watch me flex my muscle moving ways. Still got other ways. it tablets and expressing K. Ain't the only thing. 4K TVs, iPhones, this max game. Even wedding rings. rains. Water lights and Wi-Fi for the cheap. and some bullet cable. I be riding Ubers for the free. To the app table. Trackers out the rentals, posting pictures. Still the whip on pricklings. Walk around and bring it to your front door. Light like your overwitness. 5200 different ways. Go like yesterday. Different places get paid. Grizz ain't changed. We diamond fangs Max Johnny, dang Turrican. sure Sureheads call me female water Like Katrina uh-huh. Selling sneakers her swiping Visas Jordan Ice Adidas like a Pakistan bitch Cute dick We don't kiss her Cut her yeah. long hair Slick Cut uh-huh. her shit Now I'm selling bundles Selling speakers For the whip Since my nines For 15s uh-huh. Got a welfare bitch Selling food stamps EBT I just sold a curved TV With no control I just threw a fake event With no promoters uh-huh. What you want A Mac A Drake Or, or a car Better back, back, trade off rocket, like different ways. Different ways get paid. Watch me flex my muscle moving ways. Still got other ways. As a tablets and expressing cane ain't the only thing. 4K TVs, iPhones, Smas game. Even wedding and rain. Water lights and Wi Fi for the cheap. In some bootleg cable. I be riding Ubers for the free. To the app, table. Trackers out the rentals, posting pictures. Still the whip on Craigless. Walk around and bring it to your front door. Like your Witness. 5200 different ways.